Praise the Lord today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank the Lord once again for you blessing us to uh, join this Truth Matters podcast, and we are just so thankful, and we take very serious the charge and the responsibility of being host and being attendants of this very vital ministry of contending for the faith that has once and for all been delivered unto the saints. And today, as we get into today's teaching and podcast, we would like, as our custom is, is to pause and to pray. Now, Father, we thank you for another day. We thank you for life. We thank you for, God, you just being so merciful. And even though, God, we're involved in these teaching episodes and series, we're ever mindful in our hearts are going out to so many people who are suffering in this world. Lord, even we know that COVID-19 and viruses are affecting so many in this world. We have over 5 million people who have passed from life into death as a result of this pandemic. Here in the United States, God, we're having more and more positive results than we've ever had. Lord, it seems like so many people wonder, is there any end in sight? There are so many people who, you know, are under stress and anxiety about what's happening to their loved ones. Over 125,000 Americans have died over the last few months from this dreaded disease. So many people are hurting. Lord, help them to stand. After they've done all they can do, God, let them look to the hills from with cometh their help. Not some, not part, but all of their help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Give them to look to you, God. In the words of the apostles, when they cried out, to whom else can we go? Lord, you have the words of eternal life. You comfort them, Lord, with the assurance and the power of your word. Let your spirit be there. Lord, you be the soother of souls. You be the healer of, of hurting hearts. Lord, you dry every weeping eye. Lord, you make a way. You send healing, send deliverance. But above all things, God, let your will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we're just so mindful of the words that were spoken by Blaise Pascal, he says that truth is so obscure in these days, and he said that falsehoods are so well established. He said that unless men love the truth, we can't even know it. So true are the words of Winston Churchill. He said that truth is so precious that it should always be attended by a bodyguard of lies. And we're mindful of the words that were spoken by Adam Schiff when giving final remarks in the infamous Donald, <clears throat> Donald Trump impeachment hearings. Adam Schiff says, right matters. Truth matters. And without truth, he says we're lost. And today as we continue in our exposition and teaching on UFOs, fact or fiction, we had just been discussing in our last episode about the reality that man does have the technical 
and he does have the intellectual ability to make things such as the pyramids of Giza, the pyramids of Central and South America, and so many images and stone cuttings that we found in our ancient world. See, a key part of the ancient astronaut bunk is to warp and distort ancient peoples and their mythology and their religious beliefs to try to claim that they really were not talking about aliens or UFOs. See, Von Doniken does this in this book called Chariots of the Gods, and Nassim Harriman does exactly the same thing in the Thrive movie. Mr. Harriman claims that Egyptians, Mayas and Incas, and all those people, that they're the ones who actually were involved in building all of the pyramids, etc., etc. And he also had mentioned things such as it was no way in the world that human beings had the intellect to do that. And that the, the, the ancient astronauts came and taught those ancient people engineering. Now this claim is false, and at least with respect to the Egyptians and the Mayas. Now take the Mayans, for instance. In addition to recording their mythology, they recorded their genealogies and the genealogies of their kings and the historical events that occurred in their different countries and cultures. You see, a transition of the Mayan Codex called the Popol Vol, which does not exactly, which does exactly that historically. Why would these people have not recorded what actually happened? That dovetails with my next point. If ancient astronauts helped ancient peoples build things in a distant past, how come they haven't helped us build anything in recorded history? What about that? Why haven't we had, when we were building the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, did the aliens help us? What about when we built the Sears Tower? I don't remember any aliens coming down and enlightening engineers and architects and how to do that. How about when they did the, the channel between England and France? What about all of the, the, the new engineering that we have in aircraft and all of those areas? No aliens assisted us in that. So I think it's very important that we really keep things within what we consider to be balance. So, for many years, modern scientists and engineers had no idea how or why the builders of the Saint Sophia, which is a, a fantastic church and monument in, in Europe, they didn't know how Saint Sophia were able to earthquake-proof the building. Then in the year 2002, the answer was discovered. Before 2002, St. Sophia was in precisely the same category as the Egyptian pyramids or the Nazca lines. We have no idea how they did it, that's what everyone said. Yet, I am aware, I am, I am very unaware of a single instance in which New Agers have alleged that aliens helped build the St. Sophia. Now, why not? Well, the answer is very simple. St. Sophia was built in recorded history. 
There are lots of written records related to the construction that took place in 532 AD. We even know the names of the architects, Isidore of Miletus and Themius of Trellis were two of them. In short, we know that aliens weren't involved in building St. Sophia because none of the historical records relating to the construction of the cathedral really mentions any aliens. See, this fact is proof positive of how and why that we have no idea how they did it, so it must be aliens' reasoning is inherently faulty. See, we know for a fact that humans did build St. Sophia without help from Antares or Alpha Centura, there was something about how they built it that we did not know at least until 2002. And that something was a marvel comparable to only modern techniques of modern earthquake-proof construction. Yet no one could take seriously the claim of that because this marvel existed. It somehow proved that aliens must have been involved in its construction. So when you start looking at it, it's, it's so important that we mention this. I believe man was made in God's image according to Genesis 11. God says nothing can be restrained or limited to what that man can achieve. That's what the scripture says. I believe in the intelligence of the human species and the boundless ingenuity of humanity. I also believe that God was right when he revealed in Ecclesiastes 3.15, that there is no new thing. What is now has already been. This is a vast and far-reaching revelation that must be considered when we look at ancient societies and cultures. Just as there was proof of a meteor that caused the extinction of the dinosaur, it is factual that there were four previous e events in Earth's history just like that. The invention of lights and electricity were discovered to exist much earlier than Edison. What did you say? Yeah. Lights and electricity existed way earlier than Edison. The use of irrigation and air conditioning and anesthesia were distant discoveries. The ability for man to have achieved monumental archaeological exploits is clearly explained by the God who created mankind. See, I believe that a bunch of very intelligent men and women born in Egypt thousands of years ago they were actually clever enough to figure out a way to build the Great Pyramids. And if we modern peoples could see how they did it, we would be extremely surprised and intrigued by their ingenuity. See, people like Foster Gamble and Nicene Harriman do not believe that the Egyptians were smart enough to do this. They would rather believe that these people were pathetic and helpless and could only have done what they did if aliens helped them. We at Truth Matters believe that artists, engineers, and artisans across many different cultures and many different countries and many different eras were smart enough to come up with the idea of a flower-like design with 64 interlocking circles independent of each other. This is not a coincidence. Is it really that hard to believe? Is it so far beyond the realm of possibility that one ancient person in Egypt came up with a 64-circle flower design and thought, gee, that's pretty. I think I'll paint it on the wall. And then someone else in China hundreds of years later had the same idea and also thought that it was also pretty. Why does this stretch any sort of crudility to believe this? 
But men such as Foster Gamble and Nasim Harriman do not really believe that themselves. They believe that people in Egypt and China and civilizations that gave us paper and fireworks, hard, you know, hard, you know, back then they had running water in their houses and explored much of the ancient world, were just too stupid to do this without the help from aliens. We at Truth Matters believe that a couple of ordinary yahoos from rural England with no advanced training in engineering or mathematics, working with boards, using measuring tapes and other simple tools, can and regularly do create magnificent, geometrically perfect crop circles on a regular basis. But Foster Gamble and Nesim Harriman, they don't believe that. They believe that people are too stupid to figure out how to flatten some wheat stalks and throw some magnetized particles around to fool the gullible. Most sadly, and here is a real tragedy of the Thrive movie, Foster Gamble and Nessie and Harriman do not seem to believe in the capacity of ingenuity of the human species to improve its present condition. They don't think we can end global warming or clean up the environment to improve the quality of life for many of the world's people on our own. The same way we have solved many other problems by using science and reason and calling upon the infinite creativity of the human spirit. No, the whole point of Thrive is that we, the human race, are just too stupid and corrupt to do these things. And we must instead rely on magical technology supposedly given to us by extraterrestrials in order to solve our problems. And we're Truth Matters. We're going to jump into another important area that I've just briefly mentioned. That is what is called crop circles. Are they alien or are they human? What are the patterns that we sometimes see appear in fields all over the world? The pattern is created when certain areas of the crops are tramped down and they're tapped down, but others are left intact. The edge is so clean that it looks like it was created with a machine. Even though the stalks are bent, they are not damaged. Most of the time, the crops continue to grow as normal. Sometimes the patterns are just simple circles. In other instances, they are elaborate designs consisting of several interconnecting geometric shapes. See, many farmers have reported finding strange circles in their fields for centuries. The earliest mention of crop circles dates back to the 1500s. A 17th century English woodcut shows a devilish creature making a crop circle. People who lived in the area called the creature the mowing devil. In an 18, 1880 issue of the journal Nature, amateur scientists named John Rand Capron reported on a formation near Guilford, Surrey in the south end of England. Back then, he described his findings as a field of standing wheat considerably knocked about, not as entirely, but in patches forming, as viewed from a distance, circular spots. He went on to say, I could not trace locally any circumstances accounting for the peculiar forms of the patches in the field. They were suggestive to me of some cyclonic wind action. See, mentions of crop circles were sporadic until the 20th century when circles began appearing in the 1960s and 1970s. 
mostly in England and the United States. But the phenomena didn't gain attention until around 1980 on a larger scale. This happened when a farmer in Wilshire County, England, discovered three circles about 60 feet or 18 meters across each. And they were in his oak crops. Unified, unidentified flying objects or UFO researchers and media, they descended on the farm and the world first began to learn about crop circles on a large scale. By the 1990s, crop circles had become something of a tourist attraction. In the year 1990 alone, more than 500 circles emerged in Europe. Within the next few years, there were thousands. Visitors came from around the world to see them. Some farmers even charged admissions to the mysterious attractions. Crop circles are not just circles. They can come in many different shapes. The most basic and most common crop circle is the single circle. Circles may also come in sets of twos or doublets or triplets or quadruples. Circles also may be enclosed in a thin outer ring. The stalks inside the crop circles are typically bent into what is known as a swirl pattern. And the circles may spin clockwise or counterclockwise. In patterns with several circles, one circle may be clockwise and another one spins counterclockwise. Even a single circle may contain two layers of stalks, each spinning in different directions. There's a very prominent one, a crop circle near Silsbury Hill in Wilshire, Ingle, that resembles the Aztec sunstone. There's another formation in West Kenneth in Wilshire that looks like a Celtic symbol called the Triscale. See, trop circles can range in sign from a few inches to what might be a few hundred feet across. Most early crop circles were simple circular designs, but after 1990, the circles became more and more elaborate, more complex with crop patterns called pictograms and emerged. Crops can be made to look like just about anything. Some were like smiling faces. They look like flowers or even words. Crop circles are sometimes unique designs, but they can also be based on ancient motifs. Now, when you think about some of the more sophisticated patterns, they're based upon mathematical equations. An astronomer and former Boston University professor named Gerald Hawkins, he studied several crop circles and found that the positions of the circles, triangles, and other shapes were, were placed based upon specific numerical relationships. In one crop circle that had an outer and an inner circle, the area of the outer circle was exactly four times that of the inner circle. The specific placement of the shape indicates that whoever the circle's makers are, they have an intricate knowledge of what is called Euclidean geometry, the geometry of a flat surface introduced by the mathematician Euclid of Alexandria. Now, as late as 1998, crop, cir crop circles seasons begins and the distractors of the phenomena are at, at it once again. And in 1998, that year, they came better prepared and better financed than ever before as with Doug and Dave episode which made two early pub chums responsible for the entire crop circles phenomena. In 1991, see this particular article that was called Men Who Conned the World. This time, it's the turn of the California television company, Tri-Crown Produ Tri Productions, to lead events. Whether they are sponsoring, even instigating this deception is not really known. 
The American company flew known hoaxer Rod Dickerson, uh, Dickinson and his accomplices, which is called Team Satan and Circle Makers, to New Zealand South Island to create a large design on farmland. And well away from the objective eyes of seasoned researchers, in what can only be seen as yet another attempt by the media and their brackets discredit crop circles and further dupe the public into accepting a human hand as responsible for the 10,000 or so worldwide cases of crop circles. And of course, they did uh, have that particular episode on NBC back in 1998. It was called Unmask the Secrets of Deception of Crop Circles. Well, our, our question in this Truth Matters podcast is, will there really be any evidence about real crop circles? Are they genuine? Are they biblical? See, that formation that was made by Dickinson and Company is an excellent, if imperfect, work of art and is acknowledged as being a crude hoax that many people fall for year after year. And it is by far the best man-made effort to date. I think it's also interesting as we discuss and we talk about trap uh, crop circles to understand that there are many questions about crop circles and they come into, into different categories such as there are issues of trust. And then why do people fear all of the media hype surrounding crop circles? Have crop circles become such a threat to the establishment? And if they are, why? And then what are the theories and some of the explanations about, about crop, cir- crop circles? And I'm going to just give you a few of them here. Well, there are countless theories. The only known proven cause of crop circles is humans. What did you say, Pastor Adams? Yeah, while there are countless theories, the only known proven cause of crop circles is humans. Their origin remained mystery until 1991 when two two men confessed that they had created the patterns for decades as a prank to make people think UFOs had landed. They had been inspired by the 1966 Tilly UFO report. They never claimed to have made all the circles. Many were copycat pranks that, that were done by other people in England, but their hoax launched the crop circle phenomena. We think it's important at Truth Matters to mention, too, that most crop circle researchers admit that the vast majority of crop circles were created by hoaxers. But they claim there's a remaining tiny percentage that they can't explain. The real problem is that despite unproven claims by a few researchers that stalks and fi- that are found inside real crop circles show unusual characteristics, but there's no reliable scientific way to distinguish real crop circles from what the so-called real crop circles from those that are man-made. In other words, there's no documentation for anything that's being authentically made by extraterrestrials. The only documentation we have are those that have been made by man. So, crop circles, as the name implies, almost always involve circles. Rarely are they triangles. Rarely do you see rectangles or squares. Though some designs do contain straighter curved lines, perhaps not coincidentally, a circle is mostly what you see because it's the easiest pattern for hoaxers to create. 
And isn't it strange that they're nocturnal creations? Crop circles are formed overnight. Hmm, why is it at night? Hmm, probably because people are sleeping. They can't be seen while they are flim-flamming and hoaxing the society. And it's really strange that it's amazing that if crop circles were really real and if aliens were doing them, they sure must be camera shy. Crop circles have never been recorded being made, except, of course, for those created by hoaxers. This is very suspicious trait. After all, all mysterious, mysterious earthly forces are at work. There's no reason to think that they wouldn't happen when the cameras are recording. And I always think about it. I said, out of all of these proclamations and all of these claims of UFOs and spaceships and all of these so-called abductions, why don't we have anything that's what you would consider confirmed to be legitimate on film? And something else that's very unusual is that most crop circles, they're close to where there are access to roads. Isn't that peculiar? Where human beings actually travel and where they congregate. But I think it's also important that we mention today, as it reports, as it relates to crop circles, is that there are so many people who believe in UFOs. And Dr. Jeff Zinwick he had made this conflict. He says, while many Christians and non-Christians see faith and science as in perpetual conflict, he says that he finds that they integrate well. They operate by the same principles and are committed to discovering foundational truths. And we're going to be sharing some reports and data as it relates to UFOs and what we call uh, uh, um, unidentified um extraterrestrial intelligence that they have reports and respected polls reveal that half of all adult Americans believe that UFOs are real and 12% claim that they've seen one one credible UFO experts estimate the number of alleged sightings worldwide in recent decades is perhaps in the millions this fascination was given rise to a number of UFO religious cults there are movements out such as the what's called the Atherius Society. And then there's the Unerarius Academy of Science. And then there's the Raelian Movement. The Atherius Society and the Raelian Movement have claimed more than several thousands members at their peak. And then there's the, the very infamous, the Heaven's Gate Cult, which received wide press attention following the mass suicide of 39 of its members back in 1997. That group believed that by committing suicide, they would join a flying saucer trailing the Hell Bob comet. Wow. There are so many beliefs, and the beliefs of UFO cults are centered on three ideas. One, flying saucers are physical crafts. Two, people receive channeled messages from alien intelligence associated with flying saucers. And three, these messages are have immense importance. These groups have an occult ancestry and they engage in various occultic practices. While it may be tempting to dismiss the phenomena as a, what might be a captivation of eccentric or sectarian groups, most UFO reports come from average, everyday people. And while UFO experts estimate between 90 and 95% of all reported UFOs are either a natural phenomena or a hoax, or man-made crafts, still there's about 5 to 10% who
who defies such explanations. Now, what's the reasoning behind that? Three popular expl- explanations and hypotheses have been, you know, propped in an attempt to explain these residual UFOs. And here they are. It's one that is called the misidentified hypothesis, or MIH. And then there's the extraterrestrial hypothesis, or the ETH. Or the interdimensional hypothesis, or the IDH. Well, the MIH is a position that asserts that about 90-95% of them are legitimate, or excuse me, are come from what is called natural or human explanations. And then the other 5% to 10% are just misidentified. And then the ETH, or the extraterrestrial hypothesis, is the view that states that UFOs are physical realities, literal spacecrafts. They are piloted by interplanetary visitors. These space aliens represent what is thought to be a vastly advanced civilization that has technological and possibly moral and spirituality confines. And they study mankind and they know our will. And at the appropriate time, they'll make contact with humanity. And there are so many people who believe in that. And then there's the interdimensional hypothesis, which says that this theory holds that UFOs are real phenomena and that they may exhibit physical and empirical effects, but whose origin and nature belongs not to extraterrestrial spacecraft, but to another dimension of reality beyond our time-space continuum that is sometimes called the paranormal or occultic view of UFOs. But today we thank you for joining our Truth Matters podcast, and we're going to continue this exploration and this exposition and study on UFOs, whether they're fact and fiction or fiction. And we want you to pray for us in Jesus name. Amen.